Bing bong, I am back with another edition of the State of Bitcoin podcast, and I'm joined by a very special guest, Zach, aka BTC BAP on Twitter. And Zach works for Casa, which is the safest way to store your Bitcoin. So you can look at their plans at keys.casa and see how they can help you store some of your private keys to your Bitcoin. Because remember, not your keys, not your coins. Uh, we get into a lot of different things. We get into Zach's background as a financial advisor, uh, how that has maybe shaped the way of his uh, Bitcoin journey, uh, how he views orange pilling and Bitcoin as a whole, and some many, many more things on his background. And then we get into some current event stories. We get into Oslo, the Freedom Forum, titled Bitcoin is Freedom. A lot of great things coming out of that meeting. And I look forward to seeing more and more things come out of that meeting as well. And then we talk about Block. Block had a survey that addressed the misconceptions about Bitcoin. Oman, a uh, country backs U.S firm mining crypto to cut gas flaring the former head of open the former head of open product for open sea or as i like to call it open seized indicted after some insider trading verifone and lavu enabling bitcoin payments for their customers and last but not least the bitcoin decoupling from many many shit coins so because as you know in this show i firmly firmly believe it's bitcoin and bitcoin only so now let's get into the show. But also remember, anything you hear here is strictly the opinions of myself and my guest and is not the opinion of Green Candle Investments or our employers. This is simply, simply opinion, and that should be taken as just our opinion and not as financial advice. So remember, not financial advice, not financial advice, not financial advice. Now let's get into the show. Whoosh. Bing bong, I am back with another edition of the State of Bitcoin podcast. I got a very special guest here as well. But before we get started, I want to shout out MyNode at MyNodeBTC and MyNodeBTC.com for helping me get, get set up on podcasting 2.0. So if you are on any of those podcasting 2.0s like Breeze or Fountain, you could find me. And if you feel so inclined, feel free to stream me sats. But now I have a very special guest, Zach at BTC BAP, and I'm pulling him up. Uh, Zach, how are we doing today? What's up, Brandon? I'm well, man. Fantastic. We're surviving. We're surviving the bear market. Yeah, the, the dirty bear market. We're hanging in there. We're hanging in there. So uh, we actually got connected uh, a while back. We were talking a little bit pre-show. Uh, I think you were one of the, one of the first ones that kind of came up and uh, did the Bitcoin happy hour spaces with us um, on uh, Fridays at 4.30 p.m. Eastern time. Um, so we got connected through there, and it's, it's been a journey. You, I know you said now you got uh, some obligations there. You actually have to work at that time. I mean, what, what's up with that? But uh, <laughs> you're doing some, uh, some cool stuff. So uh, why don't you get into, uh, I guess, some of the stuff that you do at uh, CASA and like what CASA is? Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Well, first off, thanks for for having me on here. On the, I guess this is the second show, type of show that I've been on of yours. Uh, 
you know, I think producing content through the bear market is what really sh- uh, makes the people stand out um, from like the, you know, just the pump, the pump and dumpers. So it's great to see you uh, powering through this, man. Um, as far as like, uh, you know, Casa, I mean, I was doing was doing a lot of Bitcoin stuff like when I was a financial advisor and then uh, after the money printer go burr in 2020. I uh, just decided that I, you know, really should start looking into Bitcoin more full time. And then um, in early 2021, uh, got linked up with Casa and I'm now doing sales there, uh, running. And we're, we are a uh, really a company focused uh, on, on empowering people to take self-custody. It's a very specific but very uh, important mission. Um, you know, I think Square... Uh, block open it really focuses i think their mission and i really like it is like accessing financial services to the world and robin hoods is you know in more or less words the same thing uh and i i think we do a, a similar have a similar grand vision where we're trying to really make sure that in order for people to take self-custody of their crypto assets and maybe other things in the future like you know blocks working on that identity um, protocol. So, um, in order to do that, it has to be as easy as possible, right? There's that resistance to change and it can't be just as good. It's gotta be better <laughs> than the, than the ones that you're currently using. Uh, and, and in addition to all the host of benefits that private keys can bring you. So, yeah. So, uh, working on, uh, in the daytime, uh, helping people take self custody so that we can, uh, pull all the coins off exchanges i think it's the most important thing you can do only you can uh take self-custody of your coins yeah exactly right not your keys not your coins and i think uh Amen. yeah we're seeing a lot of stuff circle around twitter right now that has a lot of people worried about it so um i think a lot of people are probably going to start flocking to you and uh casa to to you know take self-custody because i think that's you know, one of the biggest benefits of Bitcoin is just being able to you know, physically, uh, you know, hold and and take care of your own, uh, take ownership of your keys and everything like that. But let's bring it back a bit. So, Zach, uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about your orange pill story? Like, how did you find Bitcoin? And uh, did you like immediately start running down the rabbit hole? Or was it more kind of like a delayed thing? And then... Um, you know, it just kind of brought you until like 2020, the the money printer go burr uh, until you really just jumped full in. Yeah. And it's, you know, I feel like I, every time I tell the story, I tell it a little bit, a little bit different. Right. But uh, definitely one that I've told similar before. Um, you know, I, I grew up playing video games, learn about World of Warcraft and the auction house and gold and and learned about gold, the real gold, uh, not just gold in, in the games. And uh, of course, then that uh, when I studied economics in college, it really had me ask a lot of questions about that. And uh, so sort of understood the uh, hard money thesis and it didn't really dawn on me um, the, the hard money thesis. Like, how can something be digital but be like that same reproducible nature um because right like it's very easy for me to copy files nfts um you know copy paste right so um so for a long time i like you know admittedly didn't do enough research to really understand it i 
I saw crypto assets as more like a thing that you should diversify your portfolio in because uh, I was a financial advisor and that's like what financial advisors do to make sure they don't lose their clients money. They diversify so that they can keep charging a fee. Um, but, but you know, they, so I, I took a similar approach and then in 2020, I really uh, started asking myself like, Whoa. I think I read something by Robert Breedlove or Cresis or something. Where I was like, no, dude, Bitcoin is the money. And I was like, oh, shit, really? Oh, man, <laughs> I can't I can't let this one go. Uh, and uh, yeah, I've been like kind of fascinated, obsessed. It has a negative connotation, but like so I won't use that word, but really like a, a fascination with with the idea to a point of obsession almost where I've tried to consume everything I can about topics and um yeah man so at this point um i i'm really kind of i've always been like uh nah no rules uh you know I, you, you should follow you should do good things like you should be a good person but you shouldn't necessarily have to follow the rules if they're stupid rules um and so i've always been sort of like independent in that way i guess so bitcoin is very much like that um and now I'm trying to help push that idea towards the world uh, and, and free us from the shackles of the central bankers. Yeah, it's uh, that's that's definitely interesting that you have a background in like uh, you know financial advising um, because I think more and more now people and like financial advisors as a whole are kind of getting into uh, Bitcoin, and I think that's just because you know a lot of people know uh you know of it and i've heard of it by now but you know when you were back when you when you were a financial advisor what was like the i guess perception of bitcoin with your colleagues was there was it sort of like a hush hush kind of thing or were people actually like kind of openly talking about bitcoin yeah man so i started as a financial advisor in 2014 at merrill lynch in the south and uh bitcoin was very much like i mean really that was like before i was even introduced to it though i'd heard of it before um my roommate had told me about it in 2012 uh when we were I think, juniors in college sophomore or something like that and uh but you know i didn't have any or anything and uh so anyway it didn't like really i didn't really connect the whole dots until mid 2016 and I and then I saw it start running up, and I, I remember I was like, "Wait, it's two hundred. Oh shoot, now it's two thousand. And when it got to two thousand, I was like, "Okay, this is like, I got to do this now, right?" But but it was very much like, even throughout 2016, 2017, uh, it was resistance. And then you know, for a couple of weeks there, all of my colleagues got into Ripple and like you know Tron and all the other crap. And I finally felt some vindication at first. I was like, you see, you see. Uh, and then everybody got burned. And I felt like I was a bad guy all of a sudden because I, like, you know, got caught up in it. I'm sure what you did, too, right? Those we all learned from our lessons. But, um, yeah, so I, I think now um, that was part of the reason that I um, really decided uh, when I left the firm I was at in 2020, like, to not go into another firm like that. Uh, and instead like pivot careers because I just felt like it, it was still there's so much internal resistance right and uh, honestly I Bitcoin's it, it's, it's an important it's a really important goal 
and there's better ways that I can fight the fight, if you will, um, and, and try to try to convince people to adopt it is not really where I'm best suited. My what I'm good at is really helping take some things that are complicated and distill it down. Like, how do you like construct like a, a robust, you know, wallet or security plan or financial plan? Like before I even was into Bitcoin, right? Like, so how do you can construct a, le- a good legacy plan for your Bitcoin and like think about the threat models? And it's like that's where I'm focusing on because there's still a long way to go on uh, adoption, man. But uh, it has incentives. The incentives are to refer your friends. Go, number go up. So it's a good viral mechanism. Yeah, exactly. And I think you made a couple, you know, really interesting points there. But uh, my next question was going to be along the lines of of orange pilling. And you kind of already alluded to that about how, you know, that maybe that's not your, your expertise. But um, now I, I'm curious is if like kind of your the way you uh, you know, in your previous job where you were kind of structuring financial plans and other things, do you think that that kind of helps you explain Bitcoin to potential clients now or, um, you know, maybe uh, helps them or help, you know, explain maybe the power of holding your own keys and and using like a multi-sig or, or something along those lines? Yeah, man, I, I, absolutely. I think that one of the things that really got me so fascinated with investing i was compound interest i was at warren buffett and said compound is like the eighth wonder of the world or whatever he said and, and that that exponential force was so cool and i was like if you just if you just save early and like save frequently holy crap you'll like be rich before you know it right and then, like, when I got to be, like, 15, 20, the rules changed. <laughs> uh, well, I guess they already were the same, but, like, the money printer went burr you know, to, after 2008, right? And I started feeling like I was conned. <laughs> so, um, I, you know, it, it seems to me that, like, there's, there's, a, uh, there's a better way to, to, like, do this, right? And... Uh, I, I'm not sure that that people will adopt Bitcoin without the incentives. So, um, uh, sorry. Go. What, what's your what 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 was exactly your question? Because I think I uh, I left. You know. <laughs> yeah. No worries. But I I I agree with you there, right? So I think that uh, you know e- even myself uh, the the reason I got in was like number go up. Right. So, and I kind of dabbled around in the shit coinery as well. Um, but you know, at that time I was, I was driving Uber to driving drunk kids back and forth from the bars in, uh, in grad school and just using that money to buy Bitcoin. Um, because I heard of Bitcoin, I heard a lot of people made money off of it. So I thought, why not a try and trade it? And then that's when I kind of learned that the hard money principles, but uh, the original question was essentially like, did you think that the background that you have in uh, financial services, if that helps you kind of orange pill people? Because uh, you, right. you you kind of uh, you know mentioned it a little bit before that uh, you know orange pilling wasn't necessarily like your expertise. Um, 
but uh, you're you're a little bit better at like you know explaining the the financial plan of sorts. Yeah, well, I think like I, I thank you for for reiterating that too, and I, I think the 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 hard part is kind of connecting the big picture dots, right? They say like Bitcoin fixes this, right? I, I know we always say that, and like it, it it fixes a lot of things, but like you you really have you you understand the colossalness of what Bitcoin is when you connect those dots together. And I think part of having like a good financial plan, part of having a good legacy plan is looking at, you know, from a high, very high level and seeing like, all right, where is there strengths and weaknesses in this plan? Like, and, and, and Bitcoin to me has, (laughs) there's so it's so thought out, right? Like it's such a simple white paper. There's not that much, but, um, but they've distilled this very complicated, very, complex structure to um to eight pages or nine pages whatever the white paper is and i think that there's strength in simplification that's why you have a financial plan it takes these like assumptions and calculations uh actuarial tables based on life expectancy growth rate discount rates all these things and then distills it into like a thing that's like all right you need to save 25 dollars a month in order to meet your goals (laughs) like and to, to some similar effect yeah, that, that's what Casa aims to do too. It's like, hey, you've got this crazy, like, robust three of five multi signature structure. It's like, but like, it's in your pocket and it's really easy. <laughs> so, um, so I definitely think that there's like some, you know, strengths. I think everything you do, right? Like, everything you, every single step you take in life is going to, it should like build upon the last step in some way. Maybe you don't realize it right away. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think like we, we're, we're kind of in this uh, interesting uh, realm where, you know, you you said you experienced like 2008 or, you know, we're, we're very close to it. You know, I was in high school during that time, but kind of aware of what was going on. And, and now we're kind of at the heels or, or maybe at uh, maybe not at the heels, but uh, getting close to maybe a potential recession and, and another down market. And we just had you know, massive amount of money printing. So I think we're kind of in this weird place where a lot of uh, millennials, if you want to call it, call them that, or, you know, the, the younger generation is also not only having to, uh, you know, work a full-time job, whether it's pay off student loan debt or other things like that, but also kind of be their own, um, you know, financial advisor or figure out ways to, to make their money go a little bit farther Right. So I think there's like the, that middle group of people where it's like not only are they uh, are they working a full time job doing X, Y or Z, but they're also having to become, you know, a, a stock picker or, uh, you know, look into Bitcoin or something else. So I think one of the great things about Bitcoin is that it has made it a lot easier for me. And I know a lot of other people where instead of like diving into a bunch of financials or, or looking at, you know, analyzing stock charts or anything like that um, to just kind of, you know, just DCA and just, uh, you know, like kind of just relax and, and see that the, that number is going to go up and just have faith. Yeah. In it. Yeah. Uh, you shouldn't have to risk. You shouldn't have to take risk to save. That's an absurd concept that I think only has existed for a very short period of time. Like taking yeah. risk is how you grow your purchasing power. And there's a trade-off adequately so for doing it. You can lose purchasing power too. Having to take risk to 
just to maintain the status quo seems like blatant theft. Hey, I agree with that. And that's a very powerful statement. I really like that as well. But uh, you mentioned this phrase before, and I kind of have a bone to pick with it, but I want to see what your overall opinion is. This is like Bitcoin, Twitter and Bitcoiners kind of as a whole get these little phrases in there and they kind of like stick to it. But the Bitcoin fixes this phrase. Do you uh, like when you kind of explain or orange pill to people or talk about Bitcoin, do you ever use that kind of like in a in a serious manner or is it more of, a, I guess, just a general kind of like meme to you? Yeah, you know, I don't I don't orange pill people anymore. Yeah, um, I think like I, I, I went in the times that I've used that. It's been jokingly. Uh, sort of like slap on the knee, like, hey, Bitcoin fixes that too. And the hilarious part is like, if you know enough about it, you'll realize it really does affect so many things from supply chains to accounts receivables to insurance to debt to, I mean, I could go on and on, right? But I don't, uh, I, 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 I think like I've, I haven't had much success uh and personal outcomes by telling people about bitcoin um because the ones that i've told in bear markets get mad at me for not being more convincing and in bull markets they get mad at me because they bought the top so i've just never found a, a beneficial strategy to tell people and it's like kind of strange right because the whole thing is like bitcoin's supposed to be this viral thing that people will figure it out on their own and you know i sort of instead of just you know if somebody asks about bitcoin i'm going to tell them certainly like i will if somebody's truly inquisitive like i will happily spend hours with them um but yeah i don't know i those like the the bitcoins the Bitcoin community on Twitter has gotten a uh, a big a big uh, ego check recently, myself included, man. Like it's not fun to be in bear markets. <laughs> you just yeah, I, yeah, no, I agree with you, and I think it's it's interesting too, like that you know you're kind of having that difficulty orange pilling people, uh, especially like with your financial or your, and I think maybe maybe it has to deal with you know, your background as like a financial advisor, maybe they think like, you know, if it was a stock or if it was a company or something, you would be able to time it or, or do that. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's just that kind of perception. Yeah, they that. look at me with that credibility and expect it to be instant gratification. And it's like, Hey, like it's not, you know, I'm like, I'm telling you the, the work that I've done to understand how the properties are different than this. However, there's no guarantee like it's bait the number sort of the the ironic part right is that like the whole point is not to denominate bitcoin in dollars so who cares what the dollar value is right but like for people to adopt it that's the incentive price go up yeah exactly and uh, yeah, back to the, the Bitcoin fixes this. I think, you know, overall, like you said, the, the Bitcoin Twitter and a lot of people have kind of got a little got a little gut check recently with this bear market. 
Um, and I kind of have a bone to pick with the, the Bitcoin fixes this uh, little phrase and, and some of the catchphrases that Bitcoin Twitter uses, uh, because I think we're getting to the point where almost everybody is kind of knowledgeable of Bitcoin or has heard of Bitcoin. And because of that, people are trying to poke holes into it. And so I think, you know, people understand the, the Austrian economics of it or like the, the theory behind it. But I think like, you know, Bitcoiners as a whole, that like in order to start to get some of these brilliant minds over, we're going to have to start like being able to explain it in uh, somewhat like of uh, economic terms and, and uh, you know, explain some of the some of the problems as well. And like the hard money principles a little bit better instead of just, you know, shortening it down. Because, uh, you know, I've been on quite a few Twitter spaces where that's essentially the message is just Bitcoin fixes this and they try to leave it at there. And then people will say, okay, well, you know, there's a food shortage or there's something else like, which doesn't really have to do with money. But, you know, obviously the underlying fiat standard has kind of caused this issue. Um, and so, yeah, I just think like Bitcoin, Twitter and, and plebs and, and everybody around has just, uh, like this is the t the time to put in the the work and kind of like educate yourself a little bit more to figure out like next bull market how do you get those bears that that are right now like down your neck and kind of uh, you know tell them like this is almost like anticipated or this was almost not not necessarily expected but um, you know kind of par for the course when it comes to Bitcoin so um, yeah I think like we're we're in an interesting time for sure. Um, with a lot of stuff going on, but I still see like a lot of very positive news uh, surrounding Bitcoin. Oh yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's not going away. <laughs> it's just the U S dollar price is down right now. Temporarily. That's, yeah. um, you know, the fed is tightening. They, they, uh, they'll be back. If I'm sure of one thing, you know, somebody asked me this. They were like, how are you so sure about Bitcoin? And I was like, I'm not, not nearly as sure about Bitcoin's rise as I am about the dollar's demise. Um, the dollar cannot, it's not going to increase in purchasing power over time. Like that's not going to happen. And when, because that is the case, something will probably have to take its place at one point or another. What's the best candidate? It's probably Bitcoin. It's not a hundred percent, but you know, it doesn't matter. Well, like if we're in the United States, right? Like you're, I, th I think you're in the U S or if you're in Canada too, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm in Florida. There'll be the derivatives of one another. Um, you know, it's like if Bitcoin doesn't succeed, well, we were the world's reserve currency. It collapsed. We're in trouble anyway. So it's your best bet. It's an asymmetric, good risk adjusted bet. That's what you look for as a financial advisor. You look for good risk adjusted returns. Exactly. Yeah. So that's great. So, um, yeah, so that's a little bit about you and, and, you know, I guess the overarching Bitcoin space, but let's get into some, some current events or surrounding Bitcoin. Um, and maybe the, the, uh, greater crypto markets as well um <clears throat> the first story i talked a little bit about this last week but the oslo freedom forum uh, i was actually titled uh, the, the article that i saw was bitcoin is freedom 
Um, so yeah, I, I saw a lot of great things. The meeting was organ organized by the Human Rights Foundation, who see who CSO is Alex Gladstein. So uh, if you're in the Bitcoin space or on Bitcoin Twitter, you've definitely heard of him. But he's a very known, very well known Bitcoiner. Uh, the forum had a stream specifically for financial freedom with 13 different talks. Uh, so a few of those titles were, can Bitcoin reach a billion people? Check your financial privilege, Bitcoin, the environment and human rights. Uh, it was streamed and it, and it had a lot of big name Bitcoiners. And uh, last week I wrote about uh, Mahler's uh, and I talked about Mahler's potentially orange pilling the Norwegian government, but it seems like that's just kind of the tip of the iceberg. Um, so have you heard, uh, you know, a lot of stuff coming out of this Freedom Forum and what is overall like your opinion on some of these uh, bigger conferences kind of, uh, you know, spreading the word of Bitcoin to not only, um, you know, other Bitcoiners, but to, uh, you know, potential government officials and, and potential, uh, I guess, the average layman as well. Yeah, well, it's certainly, certainly a good thing. Um, you know, I think the more people that you put this idea out that, hey, separation of money and state, you know, that where, where I get where I, there, there's like 50 shades maximalism, you know, like, <laughs> I see you laughing, man. Um, and they're meat though. Yeah. But it's true, though, like it's, I think that to some degree, like some people will say, no, like don't tell the central bankers all of the, our secrets. And it's like, no, maybe like, maybe they're human beings. And if they knew any better, they would say, oh, central banking, there's a better way. So um, they they say that like Bitcoin's for everyone, right? Like all these like canned, canned uh, statements. But I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like in one camp, I'm against big anything big pet big pharma big government big ag big dairy that's probably the same thing big 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 bread um you know but uh so so that same that same the philosophy i think would apply at some point like to just like hey these like huge events who's constructing them and like what's their ulterior motive you know um but i think anything that pushes the ideals that i personally believe in which is like independence and separate separation of money and state and personal independence and um sort of responsibility personal responsibility then like i i like that so uh it, it's sort of a black hole that it, it you, once you learn about these sort of worldviews i don't know that you really go back to the other way that's why they say the orange pill right it's like the reference to the matrix where it's like you have the red pill and you never you know so uh I, so i'm for it i'm for it um I, I i'd actually would like to attend something like that if they ever do one on states yeah no i agree with you 100 percent. i actually went to uh bitcoin miami which was uh which was cool as my first kind of big bitcoin related conference but at the same time there was uh, quite a bit of shit coinery going on there. And it wasn't like, uh, and it was, you know, basically for people that, you know, obviously wanted to attend the Bitcoin conference. Right. So it wasn't, 
exactly you know something like this on this grand of scale um this one seemed like it would be a little bit more interesting to go to it was more uh you know educational talks uh whereas you know bitcoin miami is kind of like breaking news of companies and kind of uh you know explaining what companies are doing and there was more focused on um a few small countries here or there but um yeah, the Oslo Freedom Forum definitely sounded uh, sounded awesome. Is like not only was it about Bitcoin, it was about you know a lot of other freedom principles as well, which is you know great that Bitcoin's even getting mixed in and grouped in with those uh, principles as well. So I think overall it's just great publicity from what I could tell for for Bitcoin, even though it doesn't have you know its uh, its own marketing team or anything like that. But uh, it seems like everybody's kind of spreading the good word all over the the globe, and that's awesome to see. Yeah, man, that's like, that's the thing is like, there is no marketing team, right? So everything, unlike shitcoins, everything done by, everything done to permit, promote Bitcoin is either a scam, like to promote their affinity, or it's truly a, a virtuous promotion because they believe in the ideals. And so I think that like is an over, un, overlooked and understated aspect of Bitcoin. Oh, a hundred percent. And so uh, on that on that point, um, Block, um, formerly known as Square, uh, actually did a survey with Wakefield Research to survey people about the knowledge gaps in Bitcoin and what the strengths of the network were. Um, so some of the interesting answers I saw here um, were were pretty, uh, I would say, like encouraging. And I don't know if I kind of would say I, I've maybe thought around like these percentages were expected, but um, it, it was cool. So uh, the first question was, you know, why should somebody buy Bitcoin? And the most common answer was people with below average income frequently note using Bitcoin as a way to send money and buy goods and services than people with the above average income. Uh, another good stat was that, uh, uh, another, I think, kind of like interesting stat was 40% of people believe that they have a fair to expert knowledge of Bitcoin, while 51% also said that they would not buy Bitcoin because they had they didn't know enough about it. But my favorite statistic of them all was that 88% of people surveyed in this knew or have heard of Bitcoin, where the next closest was 43% have, have heard of Ethereum. So... Um, you know, even though Bitcoin doesn't really have a marketing team, it seems like it's doing pretty well itself. So, um, you know, what do you think, I guess, about just overall general Bitcoin knowledge? Um, do you still think we, we, we have like a far ways to go or uh, do you think we're kind of, uh, you know, getting closer to, to maybe like hyper Bitcoinization or people just generally accepting Bitcoin? Dude, we have a long way to go. <laughs> We have a long way to go. Um, mentally, the, the we have a long way to go. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you there. I I I uh, I was kind of surprised that oh, I wasn't surprised that eighty eight percent of people have heard of it because I feel like Bitcoin's been in the news, but I was surprised that forty percent felt like they had a fair to expert knowledge. Of That's it. exactly. That's that, exactly why I'm saying that because there's this um oh, shoot I'm the I, I'm 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 drawing a blank on the name of it but it, it's basically like the expert bias it's like I think I'm I'm better than I actually am 
and, and, and so people are like, they, they get it. And, and so unfortunately, I've found that people don't adopt Bitcoin until they are faced with a oh shit moment, as I like to call them. And that oh shit moment is one of three things. It's either a market wide moment. Uh, oh shit. Coinbase announced they're going to you know, go bank or actually that's probably not an adoption thing, but like, oh shit, the Fed printed $10 trillion. That would be one where a lot of people were like, oh, maybe Bitcoin, because there's only 21 million coins. Maybe this is a better thing to hold. Um, there's an oh shit moment, like personally, um, uh, or, or, or there is a, um, uh, some, some, something that happens to someone in their close circle. And, Usually it's one of these three things and that's a trigger, right? So I I like I just wonder how like I when I said it's like we're we've got a long way to go mentally, second half of that statement was gonna be that second like the 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 se- it's an exponential thing. So even though we've got a long way to go, that long way may be covered pretty quickly um when the triggers present themselves. So if you you know, like I was at the grocery store the other day and this woman was, I was shouting at someone and uh, my, my, my roommate going shopping and I was like, Hey man, steaks are half off, dude. Let's stock up. And then, uh, this woman hurt overheard me and she was like, inflation. Am I right? <laughs> and, I, and I was like, Whoa, yes. Inflation. So, um, these types of like realizations are going to happen on a person by person level. And so, Got a long way to go, but we can cover that long way in a very short amount of time. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. And I think especially with the, the Fed printing so much money, I think that's the reason why we're kind of seeing that 88% uh, number of people have heard of Bitcoin because, um, you know, whether it's being marketed as an inflation hedge or something along those lines, people are kind of trying to I guess look for other ways or, or find other ways to, to increase their, their money and, and kind of save their money. Like we were talking a little bit about at the beginning of the show. Um, and Bitcoin has been that way for, for probably a lot of the, uh, the younger generation here. Um, and I think inflation too is kind of becoming to the, the forefront of majority of people's uh, brains, because like, just like you said, you know, you go to the grocery store, you see like a deal on something that you normally buy. You're like, all right, I got to stock up because, these prices are going up. I got to continue to, uh, you, you know, buy these things in bulk that when they're cheaper or whatever, just because, you know, the, maybe not everybody understands why uh, inflation occurred, but they do understand that, hey, I used to go to the grocery store. It used to be $100 and now it's $150 for the same basket of goods. Um, so everybody's kind of feeling that and and feeling gas prices or whatever jumping through the roof. It's people definitely are starting to notice these things where it's not just okay you know the things are rising five ten cents it's like things are doubling tripling in price man no kidding yeah i mean the I cost of chicken has gone well, yeah I was the roof. Say, yeah I, I was about to say too the, the cost of gas too near me i think um you know a year year and a half ago it was floating around two dollars and uh, I drove by a gas station near my house, and it's four seventy-five today, which is not like California, California numbers or anything like that. But you know, for Florida, that's uh, that's pretty damn high to say the least. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, man, and it's getting worse. 
I think it's going to continue to get worse until we hit a breaking point. But I don't know when that will be. I truly don't. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I would have, if I'm being honest with myself, I thought it would have happened already. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I saw a, a thing today too, that, uh, they estimated the GDP growth from, you know, 1.9 was the original, uh, 1.9% was the original um, growth estimate. And now that's dropped to 1.3. And uh, we already were negative GDP growth in the first quarter. Um, so if we, you know, drop below that 1.3% estimate, or we drop below, you know, zero on that estimate is a negative growth. That's a recession. So, I feel like we're we're kind of close to that. We got another month to to see, and uh, I don't know. I mean, if if in my opinion, I'm, I still feel like we're I feel like we're in one just because of uh, how much we're seeing inflation, and then you know other things around me like the service industry. You go to the grocery store, you go to any restaurant. There's always the hi- uh, now hiring sign, um, and uh, the service now is just you know worse worse now than it ever has been in uh, my adult life. So uh, yeah, I just think that, that the, we, we've got a long way to go. And, and unfortunately, I, I hope that it's not going to be, uh, you know, a rough go of it, but I'm not too optimistic when it comes to it, unfortunately. Yeah, man. The first 10 years was like Bitcoin figuring out what it was going to be, making sure it was going to succeed. Now I think we're to the point where it will succeed. It's just, it's going to take a while. Like this decade is going to be the the one where people go from skeptics to believers. But we are early on, you know, the, the event that kicked off hyper-Bitcoinization happened three months, two months into, into the decade. So we're still in the early innings. And I think it's important to remember, right? This is a, an exponential thing. So even though it may seem like it's been a while, all of the progress happens at the end. Yeah, I agree 100%. So, um, yeah, so on that note, too, um, I think more and more companies are going to try to figure out how to um, utilize everything and, and make more money. And so on that topic... Uh, Oman's, I believe I'm saying that correctly, but Oman, O-M-A-N, is an investment authority, and they're now um, encouraging their their clients uh, to back U.S. firms to mine crypto and Bitcoin. The country? Yeah. So no, there. It's an Oman. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's an investment. Like Oman. Oman is a country. Well, it says that Oman. Story says the Oman Investment Authority was a part. Oh, of- oh, yeah. Okay, so that's probably like the uh, sort of the sovereign wealth fund for the country of Oman. I would, uh, I would guess, um, probably what they do in Saudi, Dubai, Kuwait, a lot of these um, places. They they take some of these oil profits and they create like a sovereign wealth fund, and then they have those uh, invest in you know, multi-purpose. Uh, investments it looks like it's a yeah sovereign wealth fund that's exactly right oh, okay so there's cool. a way for them to prolong the oil in the the country right the oil once they pump it all at the ground how do they diversify their country's natural resource 
Yeah, exactly. So they're now, um, you know, putting an equity stake in energy companies to use some of that flare gas to mine Bitcoin and uh, crypto to a lesser extent. So, uh, yeah, I mean, at first I just thought it was kind of, uh, you know, uh, an investment firm of some sort to to like, you know, help uh, some of these oil and gas companies like make some profit. But it seems like, yeah, you're, you're right that it's a it's a country's sovereign wealth firm. So, um, yeah, well, what, what's your reaction to, to this? And, uh, I guess overall just oil and gas companies using that flare off gas to mine Bitcoin. Yeah. Well, big money is energy. It's a derivative of energy. Um, everything is energy, whether it's plants, whether it's a table, whether it's cow or steak on your, on your table or Bitcoin. Um, all of these things are, you know, chemical, mechanical, potential, um, digital, which is a new, you know, type of non-reproducible energy. So it's, it's, a encouraging first off, um, but also not surprising to see that like the biggest oil OPEC nations that are in the Gulf of Oman, the Persian Gulf, you know, you've got. Qatar and the UAE and Saudi Arabia. I mean, every, every like Brandon, right. The, 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 the difficulty of mining Bitcoin is going to go up so high that the only, like every Bitcoin miner is going to be an energy company because you're going to have to have some sort of vertical energy integration to gain a competitive advantage. And even then, that competitive advantage is only temporary because of the difficulty adjustment, the having subsidy over time. So, um, it, it's truly like not a good, not a good industry to be in. Like if you were like, "Hey, I want to invest in like a company." Bitcoin mining is probably the last thing I would ever invest in. Uh, and I say that as someone who's invested in Bitcoin mining companies, like it's a it's the most ruthlessly competitive instantly arbitraged away like anytime you get a competitive advantage you put more hash rate online and then like the difficulty adjustment you know so uh and then even if you do get a sustained competitive advantage you're having the having subsidy gets you over time so um anyway the point, reason i'm saying like elaborating that way is that the only because it's such a ruthlessly competitive industry the only Industries that will do it in the future are, it's it's like this is a tented, uh, a tertiary type of revenue stream that was going to cost us money because we were flaring, and now it doesn't cost us money. So it's actual like there's a net profit there. But if you're just pumping that electricity from the grid like Riot, I don't know, they're they're in trouble. Yeah, it's interesting you say it that way because uh, I mean it's true, right? Um, I, I think we we see Bitcoin mining, or at least you know many people see Bitcoin mining as like an extremely profitable industry. Because uh, I think last year the industry was valued at like fifteen billion dollars overall. So obviously, it's a very large industry, but uh, it's difficult to get a competitive advantage by design, right? So they want it to be decentralized. They don't want somebody to get a big, um, you know, competitive advantage and be able to like essentially just mine a bunch more Bitcoin than, than the next company. So, um, yeah, it's interesting that you put it that way, but I think it's, it's also, uh, 
Yeah, I think a lot of these companies are are going to start using the flare gas and and other things that is like potentially wasted energy just to yeah, like you said, make a profit. And I think uh, Jack Dorsey actually tweeted out a while ago that uh, Bitcoin encourages the use of renewable energy. And I think uh, you know we'll start to see yeah. more and more yeah. companies like this, uh, uh, more and more places uh, use some of that wasted energy to mine Bitcoin. Yeah, it does. I mean that's. It'll be uh, the problem with the renewable energy today is that it's subsidized. So it's not self-sustaining. What did they subsidize it with? Fake money that they print. So, Yeah, exactly. Carbon credits and all that kind of stuff too. So um, yeah. So uh, now kind of getting away into uh, out of, of Bitcoin to a little of the shitcoin space, uh, the former head of product of, Open C, as I like to call it, Open Seized, uh, got indicted after some insider trading. Um, so I'm not sure if you caught this story, but Nathaniel Chaston, I'm not sure if I said that right. So if I didn't say it, his last name correct, I apologize. But he was previously accused of using a secret Ethereum wallet to purchase NFTs uh, based on some confidential information. Uh, that was soon to be featured on OpenSea's uh, homepage. And then recently he got arrested again um, for a, another kind of insider trading thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it seems like a lot of these, uh, you know, uh, shitcoin casinos and, uh, you know, NFTs and all that kind of stuff, they're they're starting to get rug pulled. And a lot of these big CEOs and people that made quite a bit of money off of them are starting to, uh, you know, get, get hit with some of these regulations and get hit with some of these sanctions and other things like that. So uh, what do you think, I guess, the future is uh, for a lot of these, uh, you know, shit coins and, and all coins and NFTs and all that kind of stuff? Do you think that they're still going to be around uh, for a little bit longer? Or do you think like, you know, during these bear markets, they're just they, it. Although it's tough for Bitcoin, it's kind of good to kind of pluck away some of these uh, shit coins. Yeah, purge the weak, get them out. We've got that's why we haven't bottomed yet. There's a lot more shit coins to get burned. Yeah, there's and still, I think that... there's still tokens called Pancake Swap that are over a dollar. <laughs> so when I that know. changes, you let me know. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious i know that there's one coin uh called santa coin and like every uh every like july or december 24th or something along those lines like right before christmas it pumps real quick and then it's a big rug pull and it's almost like by design where where that happens so um i don't know i mean we've, we've seen this we've seen luna we've seen a lot of other critiques of other people who run exchanges yeah and other tokens too widely on, on Twitter. And I think that it, it's just going to kind of continue and, and more people are going to be uh, going for these, uh, you know, maybe billionaires or millionaires or whatever, or people that made a lot of money off of this stuff because they're the ones that suffered and got rug pulled. So it's the average investor that kind of took the hit while, uh, you know, these big, big investors or people who created these platforms kind of use that, to their advantage to kind of sneak around and, and, uh, and profit, uh, profit and make huge fiat gains. So it's unfortunate that this is a story, but I feel like anytime I hear a story out of open sea, it's something extremely negative. Uh, I don't think I've really heard anything positive about it except for that. Just, you know, people 
are able to buy NFTs about it. Like nobody has really come and raved to me about OpenSea or anything along those lines. Um, but, you know, I've heard the people's NFTs getting lost. And then now, uh, you know, their, their former head of product is now uh, getting hit with some serious sanctions and uh, being indicted on, on some insider trading. <laughs> yeah, man. And shitcoin's going to shit, dude. Honestly, like, oof. Like uh, this stuff, Gary Gensler's talked about all this stuff being securities. Let it happen. Like, I think the purge is necessary so we can resume higher, right? Like, the market is weak, and it's because of stories like that. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, uh, people who go through rug pulls, um, as long as they don't get turned completely off of Bitcoin or of crypto or something along those lines, that they usually kind of come and find Bitcoin and become Bitcoin maximalists after that. So... Um, a lot of a lot of maxis were born the last couple weeks uh, from the terror incident unfortunately right like a lot of people lost a lot shoot man I um, I know people personally that have um, but necessary evil shake up the weak hands I suppose yeah, it sucks. I mean, you never want to see people or friends like lose money, but I mean, you know, you can only help somebody so much, right? Like you can only tell them like, Hey, I'm a Bitcoin only person. And, and this is why, or, or uh, but at the end of the day, you know, somebody's going to get curious and, and maybe they'll get fooled by some of these, uh, you know, shit coins. And that's, that's unfortunate, but like you said, it's maybe shaking out some of the weak hands and, uh, bringing some people and becoming and creating some Bitcoin maxis too. So um, <clears throat> unfortunate things that are going on, but I think, uh, you know, overall, like it'll, it'll help the Bitcoin space in the end, in the long run, which is, I guess what really matters. Yeah, man. My, my, uh, my grandma survived a uh, great depression and uh, I personally grew up in uh in New Orleans, we went through like Hurricane Katrina when I was really young, and she gave me this rock. And it was like this too shall pass was engraved on it, so it's fine, you know. Like, take this rock, I look at it. This will pass. Like this is anything. It doesn't matter what it is. That's what was like. I was like, I don't know, man. I was young when she gave me that, and she passed away when I was young too. And it's like the like the profound the profoundness of that statement, like. Whatever it is, it'll pass. The the greed, the fear, they'll both pass. Um, such is the nature of life. Like it's like it's a cycle, man. So we're gonna build stronger than we than like the 2020 scam coins. Hopefully there'll be better regulation guidance and this the the Cash App ecosystem will have been built and there'll be a miner in every home and the the nodes will be there too and you're, you're you know every like i'm really excited about the future for for what bitcoin can provide honestly brandon it's not there yet dude if if the dollar hyperinflated tomorrow it would be a nightmare people would be ravaging they'd be breaking into people's homes because the the bitcoin ecosystem is not ready to onboard a billion five billion ten billion people so i'm glad that it's crashing because what happens is that 
people who already get it, they have a greater opportunity to accumulate larger amounts. And then in the future, they're going to be armed. I think it's, it's definitely an opportunity, but I view it as an obligation too, to then contribute. Like, dude, the most exciting thing in the world to me is for the dollar to collapse and have, you know, one, one, you know, fraction of a, total supply of wealth and then be able to take that wealth that I saved and sacrifice for and contribute that to something that's like to build a better world for the future, for our kids, for our grandkids. Cause like you can't take any of it with you anyway. So what the hell does it matter? Right? Like any goals that you have are short-term centric. So like Bitcoin's this first system that allows you to think beyond yourself too. Maybe that's like part of the, amazingness of it is that it's like gives you a a framework to look beyond yourself and actually recognize the contribution you can make yeah i mean i agree with you 100 i think like we've come a long way in the bitcoin ecosystem but i agree i don't think like we're there yet and i think uh bear markets are perfect time for people to build in uh you know, really, really make some great products and great, uh, you know, stuff to, to help the network as well as, you know, the asset. And uh, yeah. And like you said, for the people that get it, they, they can, they have a good chance to accumulate at a lesser price, uh, which is great. And uh, also start to build um, and build some cool shit. So uh, hopefully, you know, we're getting there and I see like a lot of projects, a lot of companies popping up here, there, um, regarding Bitcoin and Bitcoin, the assets. So I'm bullish on the space, but I agree with you there that I think like we still got a long ways to go and a lot of work to do. Uh, but I'm excited to see a lot of these people and, and brilliant people at the very least uh, come in and uh, you know start to make some cool shit around Bitcoin to, to say the least. And speaking of that, we actually have a uh, story about along the lines of uh, technology and kind of like Bitcoin adoption. So Verifone and Lavu are now enabling Bitcoin payments for their customers. So Lavu is a major global restaurant software and uh, payment solution provider uh, that's uh, basically like they're, they're strictly in the restaurant industry. And they've partnered with Verifone, which is a global fintech leader and payment so- solution provider, uh, probably similar to like a Square or or, um, or something along those lines uh, for, for people in the United States. Um, but I believe this company is more global and not necessarily uh, directly just in the United States. Um, <clears throat> but the, the basically with their pre- press release uh, says that Millions of restaurants will now more easily meet rapidly evolving consumer behavior and most notably the accelerated shift to digital and split payments, whether splitting a bill with a large party, paying using cryptocurrencies or spreading payments over time. The Verifone user experience is simple. Customers select their desired advanced payment method on their Verifone terminal and use that in the mobile device to complete the transaction. So it seems kind of like an Apple Pay of sorts um, to, you know, pay with Bitcoin. And, uh, you know, they, they did they did say cryptocurrency. So I'm not sure which other ones that they're. Yeah, uh, Dogecoin for sure. Right. Yeah. yeah, no, I've seen these. Uh, I've seen these, Brandon. They uh, Verifone. 
mm-hmm. I've, I've seen those point of sale terminals at like different restaurants and usually it's like places with a clerk like a checkout counter um like a convenience store or something like that um and lava is i think a point of sale terminal square they're all building them in like national cash register with strike it's all like bitcoin's the money of the future so this stuff is like jack mallers talks about this like game theory right it's like you 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 have you're forced to compete you're forced to adopt like like pawn to e3 Yeah, exactly. I mean, and I think too, um, you know, I have my, my buddy Bitcoin Gandalf. He, uh, I brought up the point of, you know, what would you rather have like Bitcoin as legal tender or, um, or yeah, which I, I asked the question, which uh, continent or region would um, adopt Bitcoin as legal tender faster, Latin America or Africa? And he raised the point, he's like, I, I'd rather not even have it as legal tender. I'd rather just get rid of um capital gains tax because you know people will just use the the most accessible money and and the easiest one for for the consumers to let the free market decide and now i'm starting to subscribe to that theory as well because you know we're getting things in technology like this where people now have the option um granted i think in the united states uh people will still probably use dollars and uh you know they don't really maybe see the financial incentives or you know the use case of, of using bitcoin except for maybe some bitcoiners here or there but uh i think that you know around the globe we're, we're going to start to come around to people using bitcoin more often and uh more people are going to start to move away from the dollar and i think you know like we kind of said earlier it's going to be like slowly then rapidly so you know we've had all salvador move uh, slightly off like the dollar standard, uh, trying to move towards like the full Bitcoin standard. And I wouldn't be surprised to see more Latin American countries do that. And then, you know, Latin America does it and and maybe some European countries here or there. Um, and then before you know it, you blink and uh, it's a Bitcoin standard around there. So uh, my, my biggest worry is that the United States is going to try to hold on to the global reserve currency uh, granted, because they have the most to lose when, when that uh, changes, um, but that they don't adopt Bitcoin fast enough. Um, so I hope that changes. But I like seeing a lot of these things like, you know, Verifone and, and other these point of sale terminals to uh, allow Bitcoin and other crypto payments. Yeah, man. I mean, each each of these services helps adoption, right? So each store it's in. Hey, like, oh, I'm checking out. Oh, crap. They accept Bitcoin, right? Maybe that's their orange pill moment, right? Those multiply, they spread. It's all good. Yeah, exactly. And I've, I've seen like a couple signs that, that people accept Bitcoin. Um, and I, I every time I see the sign, I always ask uh, the, the server or whoever it is, waitress, wait, waiter. And uh, I still haven't got one that understands anything that I'm talking about. So maybe it's just the owner from uh, you know, up top that, uh, that put that out there. But uh, yeah, I think uh, like you said, that that might get people at least like, you know, noticing it more when they see that, that orange B uh, just out there saying like, you know, we accept Bitcoin. So maybe that'll change some people and, and open some people's eyes for sure. 
And then now the last story that I'd like to go over with uh, you, we, we kind of talked about a little bit earlier with the Luna and Terra, but I think that there's starting to be an increasing trend of Bitcoin uh, starting to decouple from shit coins. Uh, so we've seen, you know, Bitcoin yesterday was up. Uh, so we're recording this on Wednesday, June 1st. I think on the 31st, Bitcoin was up like 2% or something, and Ethereum was actually down, which usually it's, uh, you know, normally the swings are kind of uh, not not correlated, but but somewhat correlated where, uh, you know, maybe the shit coins are are more volatile, the the higher swings are, are a little bit higher up, and the, the downward swings are uh, more down. And we're kind of seeing that now uh, with a lot of these shit coins, especially in the bear market. Um, so it seems like, uh, Bitcoin starting to decouple, uh, do you still think, or do you feel that way? Um, and, uh, I guess do you, or do you think like more of these shit coins are, they're still going to hang on for, for dear life for a while? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're correlated, you know, when Bitcoin goes up, all coins eventually go up, Bitcoin goes down, all coins go down. I think the magnitude of the moves is is over over exaggerated in both directions. So all coins go up way more. That creates shitcoiners. All coins go down way more. That creates Bitcoin maxis, right? So, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, what's more surprising to me is the correlation between Bitcoin and the financial markets. Um, the thing that it's supposed to sort of hedge against. Um, but I, I don't object to the uh the the reckoning of the altcoins in fact i think it's necessary yeah i agree with you and that was going to be my next question as like you know with your financial advisor background um a lot of the the arguments that i hear is like bitcoin's very correlated with growth stocks uh, or some of these like fintech uh companies do you kind of see it that way as well um, or, uh, you know, what do you think it's going to take for Bitcoin to, I guess, kind of yeah. get decoupled from, from some of these, uh, stocks and financial markets? Yeah. I mean, it's, co- it's correlated, but you know, if Bitcoin goes up a thousand X and growth stocks only go up 10 X, they've went down 99%, even though they look like they're going in the same direction. So, um, this whole financial reset to me is going to be full of narrative rhetoric. So it's hard to pay attention in dollar price. What you should look at is the stock price in Bitcoin. Yeah, I'll be curious to see if like more of those uh, platforms or services offer that too. Um, Just because I think that's like a good comparison. I want to start doing that. But um, I know like only a couple uh, places that you can kind of like go on the web and, and search that as well. Um, and I know like uh, I how I kind of got orange pilled was the uh, We Study Billionaires podcast by Preston Pish. And that's when he, he had like Safe Adine and uh, Plan B on like a while back. Um, and it was just kind of like an off end episode. It was before he really started doing the Bitcoin specific one. And he said, uh, you know, it was right before they started printing money and it was like he was kind of worried about the COVID crisis and and everything like that. And uh, he was saying at that time, that's what he was doing was uh, analyzing uh, stocks in Bitcoin opposed to dollar terms. And that's how you would decide whether or not he would invest. Um, 
<clears throat> invest in a company. And he said, you know, eventually he just kind of sat on the sidelines and wouldn't be investing in there and he'd just be putting his money in Bitcoin. <laughs> um, and I think, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not sure if that's what he's doing now. I don't have any knowledge of that. Well, uh, yeah. If you go to uh, Cash Money, C A C H E, Cash Money dot io slash stocks, this is a page that I maintain. Uh, and it actually tracks the real time uh, stock prices in Satoshis. So, for example, um, you know, Berkshire Hathaway is 10.1 million sats today, but in January it was six, 6 million. So, uh, Tesla today is 2.5 million sats, but in January it was 2.2. So, you know, tracks the price of stocks in real time. Um, because I think that's where you should, you know, 30, 40 years from now, Brandon, we're going to quote stock stocks and stats. So when we look back at what the stocks did in the early 2020s, the history books will be rewritten to fit the narrative of what happened in sats. And they'll say, oh, that was the great crash of the fiat world where the stock market fell 99% in sats, right? Like it'll be a whole different narrative than we think we're living in. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how everything kind of rewrites itself uh, after all this is said and done. Because, yeah, I mean, as much as I hope that it's not, uh, I feel like there's going to be some doom and gloom ahead. And it's unfortunate, but... Um, you know, it's the best thing that we can do now is uh, just, you know, prepare ourselves and and uh, stack as much stats as you can, because I think that's the, the best savings technology and the best way to kind of get out of it. And and I think you you feel around the same way. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but um, yeah. So uh, I, I guess one uh, what is uh, to sign us off? What is one word of advice or, um, you know, maybe not financial advice or anything like that, but how are you? Uh, preparing yourself or um, others to, uh, I guess, prepare for the impending financial crisis if you believe there is one kind of impending? Um, yeah, work hard, trade your finite time for finite things. Like whatever that finite thing is. My, my finite thing is Bitcoin art trade like figure out what you're good at focus on that turn it into an asset that's not going to lose value it's not that complicated we're in a growing world more people maybe like the same or like slightly less number of things yeah there you go keep it find a man boom yeah keep it simple right Keep it simple, stupid. So, I mean, that's that's like the, the, the biggest thing for me with with Bitcoin is like, you know, it's just it, it seems almost obvious, uh, you know, especially now with uh, all the, the money printing and kind of uh, the never ending of it and uh, the call for more money printing and where is all this money coming from and, and all this and that. So, um, but yeah, uh, not to try to end it on a doom and gloom note, I think that overall Bitcoin um right now is the time to build and i think building cool shit um is, is definitely going on you guys are doing great things at casa and uh yeah so zach thank you so much for your time why don't you sign us off and and tell us uh where people can find some information on casa and yourself and what else you got going on yeah man so um 
I host the Values Stack podcast. We just had Mark Mariah on there. Talked about uh, relationships and how Bitcoin can be used to build them uh, and how to have a growth mindset. So if you're into like, you know, um, existential type stuff like that, you can check our podcast out at valuestack.xyz. Um, somehow I get to be paid to do uh, what I consider like a virtuous thing uh, at CASA and helping people take custody. I'm very blessed and uh, fortunate to be able to do that. And you can check CASA out at uh, keys.casa. There's a 30-day free trial if you want to learn how to pair your own hardware device. Um, shoot, you know, a, a lost key shouldn't equal lost Bitcoin. Like, it's as simple as that. Because uh, keys get lost. <laughs> I, I can tell you, dude. Imagine if you lost a key and, like, you're, you know, and that meant, you know, if you owned the house, also losing the house. <laughs> like, you would think twice about having a spare. So, um, yeah, man, I thought I, I thank you so much for having us ha- having me on tonight. Um, we'll uh, we'll be we'll be on again at 100K. Yeah, for sure. We'll definitely have you on again. And, and what was that one website again uh, that you said you maintained uh, to, to price stocks in Bitcoin? Because I want to. Yeah, cashmoney.io. So if you go to valuestack.xyz. That's a redirect page that brings you to cash money. Nobody knows how to spell cash money. So I just bought another domain and redirected it. So, um, but it's cash money, C A C H E cash, like computer cash, um, cash money.io slash stocks. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much, Zach. I, I appreciate your time. And uh, everybody go check out his podcast, Casa and uh, cash money.io, C A. C-H-E money. <laughs> <It is. laughs> All Perfect, right. Man. Thanks again. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Cheers, Brandon.